That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, it's Dr. Will Cole. This podcast is the manifesto for a new breed of health seekers. This is the art of being well. What's up, everyone? It's Dr. Will Cole, and welcome to The Art of Being Well. I am a leading functional medicine expert. I get to consult people around the world via webcam. I started one of the first functional medicine telehealth centers in the world over a decade ago, and I'm a New York Times bestselling author. I wrote Intuitive Fasting, which is my newest book, and The Inflammation Spectrum, which is newly in paperback, I may add, and Ketotarian. If you want to learn more about my clinical work, the telehealth center, the books, and there's lots of free resources there for you as well, you can check it all out at drwillcole.com. That's D-R-W-I-L-L-C-O-L-E.com. All right, let's get to today's guest. Her name is Tina Anderson. Tina Anderson's journey into the world of health had a unique start and some unusual turns. She began her career as a trial lawyer who specialized in settling cases by bringing both sides together, a personal passion of hers. Once her second child arrived, Tina left that high-stress job behind so she could focus on her family. Luckily, she was still able to use her considerable legal skills to point her career in a new direction as the in-house counsel for a family pharmaceutical company. But what Tina saw there made her change direction completely again. Frustrated by the many abuses in the pharmaceutical industry, Tina turned toward the field of natural health and found her life's work. She channeled her energy into learning all she could about disease prevention and good health maintenance. That led her to discover the importance of gut health and how connected and crucial it is for overall health and well-being. To share her discovery with the world, Tina, along with her husband, created a unique supplement that contains a superior probiotic strains of renowned researcher, Dr. Simon Cutting. By promoting gut health and probiotics, Tina shares her passion for wellness, gut health, and helping others live their best physical and emotional lives. Let's learn from Tina and the amazing things she's doing. This is Tina Anderson's Art of Being Well. Tina, 
Thanks so much for coming back on The Art of Being Well. Oh, thanks so much for having me, Dr. Cole. I'm so excited to be here. Uh, and you were, you were on before. Um, people loved that episode. And if they, have to, if they haven't listened to it, you guys have to go back to listen to the conversation. We talked about so much science around gut health, and we're going to dig even more today. So this will be uh, a great conversation. I know it. But I haven't talked to you. It's been a while. So how have you been? How's, how's life been? Life's been great. Um, super busy uh, with lots of new and exciting things, but it, it's been it's been really good. A lot of time with family, which is great. I have three um, adult children, so it's fun uh, to having more time with them now that they're not as involved in sports and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah, uh, that's great. And I I think we talked about a off air before that you and I have. Are, are some Serbian roots in common with each other, right? Yes, yes. it's so and, exciting. And I know, right? And that's, uh, you know, a, not a mass percentage, but my grandma, my great grandma was 100% Serbian. And I think we, even down to the Serbian Orthodox Church, like we had like within the same, you, you had family that go to the same church that, that they went to in Pittsburgh, right? Right, exactly. So um, yeah, and I'm, I'm a hundred percent Serbian. And so both my parents were immigrants from Serbia and uh, being Serbian is a huge part of my life. And so when I found out that you had Serbian blood, I was like, this is crazy. I can't believe it. But yeah, the church that you're, it's right by your studio, I think, right? The, yeah. um, the Monroeville or the stupid. Yeah. Right by my functional medicine yeah. telehealth center where we record the podcast. Yeah. It's in Western outside of Pittsburgh, kind of the Eastern suburbs, yeah. but small world. So I, I I'm a diluted Serb. Serbian guy, but you're, you're full blooded. <laughs> but I mean, I mean, I'm a history nerd, and looking back at, at studying what it was like to come to the United States at that, you know, that, I don't know when your family came, but uh, it, it's the early 20th century, mid 20th century. There was, it's just we go, we take for granted so much uh, of of our lives, and I think when you kind of look back and use history as a meditation, I could talk about this at length. But yeah, uh, we it's just a humbling, humbling practice. Yeah, when I think back, when my mom and dad tell me their stories of coming to this country, I mean, they could tell them to me over and over again. It never gets old. Um, my mom always talks about what she couldn't believe when she first landed in the United States was it was July, and she was able to get grapes. And she's like, I don't understand. How can you get grapes in July? Because they weren't harvested until the fall, you know, and, and back there, they only ate fruits and vegetables that were in season. And so it was so many things you just don't think about when you're born mm -hmm. here and you're exposed to so many conveniences. It's so true. Well, that's a good segue. I mean, look at the, the food that we eat today and the foods that our parents and grandparents and great grandparents ate. I mean, there's a lot of difference there. And research really shows that the foods we eat are, and the foods that the modern American is eating today is really influencing our gut microbiome. And I know something that you talk about very eloquently is this is, is gut health and specifically the connection between the gut and brain. So let's go there. What's the science saying as far as the gut brain connection? Yeah, well, I, the science is saying quite a bit. I mean, and what's scary is just what's going on in this world. I mean, we know that mood disorders are off the charts over the last two years, especially, but even before then, I mean, we saw 
you know, stress at um, record level highs even before the pandemic started. And um, it's really put mood, you know, anxiety and depression at an all time high. And, you know, especially in children, which is particularly breaks my heart as a mother of three. And, um, and, you know, there are a lot of researchers have been spending a lot of time. Um, some of the largest institutions in the country and the world are just really starting to look at that gut brain connection. And, and I think a lot of that reason is just because we've seen, you know, when you look at psychiatric care, um, they've used kind of the same meds for the last 60 years, you know, the anti-anxiety meds, the SSRIs for depression, and really seeing that they're not having much success with a lot of those types of medications. And so mm-hmm. I think a lot of these researchers have really been discovering that the natural, you know, when we go back to the way nature handled things, and when we go back to the way, you know, our natural root problems, the cause of these problems, we go back to the gut. And so, um, and I think a lot of this is that the root cause of a lot of these conditions is not the brain, it's actually in the gut. And that's why, you know, that's been so powerful. And we've been talking about this for a long time. Um, We know that there's a huge gut brain connection. A lot of times people will call the brain the second, um, or the gut, the second brain, but we call it the first brain, a lot of, or, you know, the gut is actually the first brain. So, and we know that a lot of the things that the researchers have been talking about lately has been that gut brain access. And I know you've talked about it, you know, plenty on your show and you talk about it to your clients, but we know in patients, but the, the, the that gut brain access is so profound. There's that two-way communication between the gut and the brain, and they are both, you know, impacting the other. Yeah, Absolutely. And your gut is formed, our, all of our guts are, are formed from the same fetal tissue. And, you know, when babies are growing in their mother's womb, their gut and brain are inextricably linked through this, this axis that you're talking, this, this, the vagus nerve, the enteric nervous system, the connection between the gut and the brain. So let's talk about the gut side of things first and talk about probiotics. There's a lot of, of different information out there conflicting sometimes on what they should be looking, what they should be looking for when it comes to probiotics. So let's go over some myths about probiotics. Are you you up for dispelling or confirming these (laughs) things that people read about on social media and online? Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's let's go Um, for it. Yeah. One of the biggest myths that I love to talk about is that in order to be a good high quality probiotic, it needs to be refrigerated. And, I, I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, I, and I always laugh. And sometimes I'm like happy that you hear doctors talking about probiotics at all. But when they say, oh, it needs to be refrigerated in order to be you know, alive, I'm like, well, it doesn't need to be refrigerated in the refrigerator at the health food store. It needs to be, it doesn't need to be alive at the refrigerator at the health food store. It needs to be alive when it hits your intestines. And most probiotics just aren't making that journey to the intestines um, alive. So we know that a lot of these probiotics on the market are sensitive organisms. They have difficulty getting through to the gastric system. And when they get to the gastric system, it's very acidic. It's meant to be acidic. It's meant to be the gastric barrier. And so they die before they ever get to the intestines. So the, um, the key is to get a probiotic that's alive when it hits the intestines. That is the key. Um, you know, even the body temperature of, the, if, if I always say if a probiotic can't survive the room temperature of the store shelf, then how in the world would it ever survive your body temperature, mm-hmm. much less the, you know, acidic environment in the stomach. So the majority of probiotics that are in the refrigerator are not making it to the intestines alive. Why? 
I mean, what is it? I mean, what is it just a marketing ploy is just saying, well, look, this is our best bet. We better preserve this as much as, much yeah. as we can in the refrigerator. What's the reasoning behind that? Yeah, um, I think it's a little bit of both. I don't think these companies sought out to be evil and you know wrong or anything. I think mm-hmm. that there is, we know that a probiotic needs to be alive to, by the time they hit the intestines. Um, and I think their idea was like, well, if it's alive in the refrigerator, we need a live bacteria because back then there were even probiotics out there that were dead on the store shelf. And then they decided, oh no, we need them to be live. And then after the human microbiome project was launched by the National Institutes of Health, you know, 10 years ago or so, it told us more about the gut than we ever knew before. And we found out that many of these probiotic strains just simply are not making that journey. A lot of these probiotics were just based on what we used to know, based on Mm. old science before the Human Microbiome Project was launched. Got it. Before we go there, let's go back to the more more myths. Another one that that pops in my mind is is CFUs and the sort of the information around that. What should people be looking at when it comes to CFUs and maybe defining that for people that are newer to the conversation? Yeah, I'm so glad you brought that up because that's another one of my favorite. You know, in America, it's like more is better. You know, more is better. So 50 billion is better than 4 billion or um, 100 billion is better than 20 billion. I mean, it's like, it's just about this numbers game. Now that is where I would say there's more marketing involved in it. You know, all these big, huge numbers are like, oh, it's got to be better. Well, there is absolutely no science that shows more is better. What we want to focus on is what does a strain do when it actually gets to the intestine? What intestines, what kind of change is a microbe making? What kind of change is a probiotic making in the gut? And there is no evidence that having more is better. It's just a lot of these companies are putting in these crazy amounts, hoping that some will survive because they know most are not surviving. Um, So that is another big myth where we've done studies on the strains in our probiotic that show a 30% favorable shift. And we only have 3 billion CFUs in our product. The key is to make sure that you're showing a shift, a positive shift in the microbiome. So it's about quality, not quantity. Absolutely. Any other myths that we want to dispel? I mean, this is your chance. Yeah, this is my, oh, set the, the other, record straight. Yeah. The other one that's uh, my favorite is um, you need a probiotic with like uh, 15 different strains because that creates diversity. That's and a good one. Yeah. yeah it's like th- that actually is so problematic because when you take a probiotic that has 15 different strains, those strains are all mixed together in the same vat. So one probiotic may take over another one. So a late product that's on the label that shows that it's in there may not be in there when by the time you take it. Worse than that is even two strains could actually come together and create a whole new strain that has not been studied, has not been tested. We don't know what it is. So um, we, you know, we work with DNA verified. We, we grow each of our strains in four separate vats. So we don't do that. So that does not create diversity. Having a whole bunch of different strains does not create diversity. It's like throwing a penny into a pool or a bucket full of quarters or a pool that's filled with quarters. It's, it's not making a significant change by having 15 uh, different strains or 20 different strains in your product. Got it. All right. So let's talk about now that we kind of covered the most common myths and cleared, cleared that up. What are some things that people need to be looking out for when it comes to probiotics? One of them, you kind of said already the survivability of it, but what, what should they be maybe reading on a label or looking into the company and sort of the, the efficacy of the product they're buying? Yeah. So um, I would, of course, say that people should be looking for a spore-based probiotic. Spores, we know, have this endospore shell around themselves. 
that, and these are natural, these are not something that were, that was engineered. This spore shell allows the strains to get into the intestines alive. They're very hardy, robust shell. When it gets to the intestines, they, the, these organisms take their shell off and that's when they go into their live vegetative cell state. And that is why, um, you know, I, I would say, make sure you're getting a spore-based probiotic, make sure it's DNA verified, meaning what I, like I just talked about where, you know, we know that the strains that we say are on the label are actually in the product. We have our product DNA verified by a third party. Um, we have them tested for survivability by an independent third-party lab. Those are some really important keys. You know, studies, their products that have studies behind them is also super important. It's just, it's really important that you're working with a company that is focused on science and research and, and not just, you know, a me too company out there, like getting into the probiotic space because everybody knows that it's, you know, yeah. a hot space. Right. Just putting a product just to, to make money and instead of looking at the science behind it. Let's talk about the, the if we could, clarifying for people because so we have a lot of health nerds that listen to this podcast and the, I, and one of the common misconceptions, even amongst the very erudite, very well-read health aficionado out there is sort of the, how a probiotic actually works. Cause they kind of think of it as grass seed in a many, in many ways, like I'm going to put the probiotics in and it's going to grow bacteria. Um, and it's not necessarily exactly what the science is looking at. So I, I love how you mentioned earlier how it's sort of influencing the microbiome. And the way that I think of it is it's almost instructing and modulating the microbiome and the microbiome economy in a way of like what the microbiome is doing. So maybe that's an, an artful way of putting it. But what's the science show how probiotics, effective probiotics, spore-based pro probiotics like yours, how is it working when you take it? Well, it, that's, I love the way you put it because it's what we always say is that these are reconditioning the gut. And I, and I will go back to a kind of a more elementary example. So I apologize for the health nerds on the show that are listening <laughs> that think it's they too elementary, it. but I think this is a great way to explain it is if you just envision this garden and the garden is stepped on and trampled on, and there's weeds growing all over that garden, and you kind of compare that to your gut. The old way of reseeding the gut that we talk about, it was to throw in the seeds, like you mentioned, into the garden, and just hopefully that they're going to plant some more plants in that garden. But they're not doing anything with those plants that have been stepped on and trampled on. They're not doing anything with the weeds that are in the garden. They're just making it a little bit prettier, a little bit better, where the spores have a very different approach. They are going in and they're like the gardener of the gut. You're throwing in those seeds in the garden. They're getting there 100% alive. They attach to the soil. So in our gut, these strains are actually attaching to the intestinal cell wall. So they're attaching to the soil. They're grabbing onto the weeds and helping get rid of those weeds. They're taking those plants that have been stepped on and trampled on and bringing them back to life. So they're taking your own bacteria that's already there that just needs a little bit of help and helping it come back to life. And so the spores act as um, a reconditioner of that garden, of your gut, and the gardener of the gut, basically. I love that. So what are some of the your favorites personally, the different strands within probiotics, uh, the science around it, what, what's, what are you excited about uh, as specific colonies that maybe people should be looking out for when buying a probiotic? Yeah. So uh, the bacillus strains are the ones that I have a huge affinity for. Bacillus indicus HU36 is a really, really incredible strain. 
um, it actually produces antioxidants, carotenoids, right at the site of absorption. This is a really unique feature of a probiotic strain. Um, and in fact, we did, I think we may have mentioned in the last podcast we were on, we did a double-blind human clinical trial on metabolic endotoxemia or leaky gut. And um, the researchers in that study actually feel that that Bacillus indicus HU36 was the key to having such incredible effects on the leakiness of the gut because we know that these antioxidants that are being produced are combating that oxidative stress. And of course, the oxidative stress is so problematic with the intestinal cell wall and keeping that intestinal cell wall intact. So uh, Bacillus indicus is so exciting. Um, it is, it's really a game changer in the probiotic space because of its ability to create carotenoids and antioxidants, you know, CoQ10, alstaxanthin, uh, um, lutein, all these incredible antioxidants are being produced right at the site of absorption. Wow, that's fascinating. Really exciting stuff. So let's let's talk about back to that sort of gut brain connection. And I know that you all have a new product out there with a lot of exciting science around it called Just Calm. So tell me about it. What's 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 it all about? Well, Just Calm is really exciting. It is a great new strain that is called um, 1714 Bifidolongum 1714. This is a game changer in the brain health space. You know, we know that brain health, the biggest problems, like I had talked about before, was from um, the gut and it's inflammation that we are experiencing. And so there's two sources of inflammation that are coming to the brain. One are these LPS toxins. So we ca- we've talked about that a little bit before. LPS lipopolysaccharide are toxins that seep into the bloodstream if you have a leaky gut. And when they get into the bloodstream, they could go to the brain and create this inflammation. And now you have inflammation in the brain. And we know this this inflammation in the brain is incredibly problematic for us. And um, that is one of the big offenders of our brain health. The other is just external stresses that we're dealing with. We're dealing with, you know, the traffic, the um, stress of deadlines at work, maybe internal arguments and you know, with loved ones, whatever it might be, you we, people are dealing with fear, isolation, all the things that we're dealing with on a regular basis. And so these are, we call them like stress-induced basal inflammation. And these external stresses, stressors are really problematic because, you know, we have then the HPA axis is triggered and now cortisol starts to be produced and it becomes very problematic. And so um, just calm, we were able to isolate these bifidobacterium longum 1714 strain, and they're actually something called a peptidoglycan. And when these peptidoglycans go into the large intestine, they mediate all of these inflammatory responses in the gut. And therefore, it's helping bring down the levels of cortisol. And this is really exciting. These are what they're calling a psychobiotic. And a psychobiotic is a new term that's been coined. It was coined about, um, I think around 2013 by two psychiatrists. And it's basically a probiotic strain that helps improve mood and mood and cognitive function. And it's, it's just used, psychobiotic is used to describe friendly bacteria that play a role in the gut brain axis and support brain health. Um, it's really exciting. The studies are, are incredible. Um, you know, one of the studies, it was done by APC in Cork, Ireland, um, one of the most preeminent gut brain institutes in the world. And they took stool samples of people with mood disorders like anxiety and depression, and then, um, you know, compare those to people who didn't have those mood disorders. And they found that people with no mood disorders had high levels of this bifidolongum 1714. Mm. 
yeah, really, really incredible. Um, the studies on it are incredible. One of the other really interesting studies on the 1714 is that, you know, they show that it, it controlled the stress response by people, but it also was changing brainwave activity. So, you know, we know that having elevated delta and beta wave levels are um, associated with heightened stress state. Yeah. And this study showed a significant decrease in beta wave function and an increase in theta wave function, which of course, you know, the theta wave is associated with that flow state, which we all want to be in all the time. So really compelling studies on this strain. And we're so excited to bring it to market. So that is very exciting. And you think about it. I mean, people, cortisol, when I'm going over labs with patients, they, cortisol is oftentimes demonized and I, I, but people have to realize cortisol is not inherently bad. It, it is a endogenous immunosuppressant. So basically in states of inflammation, like you said, neuroinflammation, systemic inflammation, gut-centric inflammation, the body is actually trying to attenuate that inflammation by producing cortisol. It's just unsustainable. And so many people are stuck in that sympathetic fight or flight stressed state. And it's so powerful. The science that you just were re referencing the influence that the gut wields on modulating the stress response and the brain's, you know, people's mood and mental health. Cause so many people settle for it, right? They just feel like, oh man, I'm just busy. I'm stressed out. Or I, I just have depression. I'm just having anxiety. I'm just irritable. But the reality is we have a lot of agency with the choices that we're making. And this is a way to support that second brain or first brain, depending on who you ask, but <laughs> your, right. your gut health, right? So right. what are some what are some other things like maybe even for you personally that you found to be really helpful for supporting your mood and supporting that that second brain? Yeah, well, I'm such a fan of supporting, you know, the your mood and I'm always preaching to people to, you know, practice mindfulness, change your lifestyle even um I, I know for me I, you know, I'm a mother of three children. I started this business with my husband. We I mean, we had so much going on in our lives and finally I'm like, the only thing I could breathe all I want, I could do all of my meditation, but I have to change my lifestyle. And that's when we started hiring a team. And, you know, you know, you have that control, you want to be able to control everything. And um, I think a lot of times people just have to make drastic changes to their lifestyle. Um, I also do feel I'm a huge fan of breathing and breath work. I do. Um, I use that heart math uh, device. I have a yeah. lot of success with that. So for me, breathe, deep breathing has been really beneficial. And then just, you know, like making changes in lifestyle and mindset. I also always tell people, fortunately in my life, I haven't had an issue with this, but I, I always tell people that forgiveness is so powerful. Um, I, I talk to so many friends and family members who have issues with not forgiving something that has happened in their past, someone or something, and, and, and sometimes themselves. And I think uh, forgiveness really does help calm you down. It takes away all that anger. So I always like to mention that because I think people don't realize they're hanging on to some, you know, whatever anger in yeah. them. You're absolutely right. And the science around forgiveness and compassion is pretty powerful at lowering inflammation, lowering stress hormones, supporting your gut brain axis. I mean, it's really true. I mean, ad nauseum, I'm always <laughs> saying uh, mental health is physical health. It's the same thing. And it's, it's the bi-directional relationship. So feeding your gut healthy things to modulate the brain is important, but also what are you serving your head and your heart? Like you say, forgiveness and let's say unforgiveness and resentment and negativity. It's, it's, it's junk food just as much, right? It's going to yeah. raise spike inflammation levels up just as much as that fast food. 
Um, and it's really important, which it's a lot more difficult. It's easier for us to say, right, as as people that are maybe just into health and wellness or me as a clinician saying, well, don't have that food because it's going to spike inflammation and hurt your gut health and your gut brain axis. It's a lot. Or take the supplement, right? Take the supplements because it's going to help support your gut brain axis. It's a lot harder to say, well, don't, don't have that resentment. Don't have it. But it's important work. It's something that people need to show up for themselves and give it the respect that it deserves. A great right. point. And just take it day by day. And it's not like one day you're going to decide I'm going to forgive so-and-so who hurt me. It's just that yeah. when, you know, just take it day by day. I'm a huge Wayne Dyer fan and his books are, if anyone is having trouble with it, you know, go to Wayne Dyer. There's a book called, um, I can see clearly now that really, I don't know, I gave it to a family member who was having problems. And it's amazing what opens up in your life when you forgive somebody that has been unforgivable for so many years. It opens yeah. you up. It frees you. Totally. I, I didn't think we did this last time, which I'm really excited to 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 geek out about this. Yeah, as you know, the podcast is called The Art of Being Well. This is going to be your art of being well. I'm gonna I'm gonna just ask you your favorite things within health and wellness. And whatever comes to mind, it's great. I just want to learn more about you. And I know everybody else does as well. Are you up for this? I'm up for it. <laughs> I'm All nervous, right. but I'm up did, for it. <laughs> yeah. And I did not give you the questions beforehand. So this is completely uh, on the fly. But first question, if you're stuck on a desert island and you have no other food, but one food and one food only, and you're looking for survival, you're looking for survival, you're looking for nutrient density. What's that one food for you? Hmm. Um, I think I'm going to go with eggs. Love that. I love Na eggs. I mean, nature's multivitamin. Great answer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Eggs. I love eggs. And I think that they're so, yeah, loaded with nutrients and even some antioxidants in there too. So, yep. I normally say coconut or sometimes avocado because I'm thinking of the protein, the electrolytes, the fats, the, all of that stuff. But eggs, as far as taste, I prefer eggs quite a bit. And that is also a very nutrient dense. And no one said it yet, but it's definitely true. Choline, omega fats, different B vitamins, uh, in addition to choline, um, the clean protein. Um, how do you like your eggs? What's your, if you had a preference? I eat them every day. I mean, every day. And my husband's always like, how can you eat those every day? But I eat them every day. Scrambled. I love, you know, sauteing a ton of veg veggies in them. And yeah, scrambled. How about you? Uh, I like fried. I'll get say, the avocado oil or coconut oil or ghee or something like that and fry it. Technically speaking, I'm always telling patients if we're reintroducing eggs or bringing eggs in to have the yolk slightly more runny just from like a bioavailability of the nutrients. But I tell you, I'm a, I don't take my own advice because I don't love the runny yolks. I prefer it a little bit over hard. How about you? I guess scrambled. It's definitely over definitely hard. cooked. But I'm going to keep that in mind and maybe I'll switch it up a little bit and start yeah, having mix some it runny. Up. Mix yeah. it up. I'll tell you, I'm a super freak when it comes to health and wellness. For years, like since I was a teenager, probably 16, 17 years old, I will have raw eggs just straight up because of how nutrient dense they are. I'll just crack them in a glass, wow. two or three of them. So that's not for taste. That's just for pure using food as a multivitamin, your meals mm -hmm. as a multivitamin. But um, that's how, that's how hardcore I am when it comes yeah, to you are stuff. hardcore. <laughs> I haven't tried that yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, but again, organic pasture raised, the clean things Absolutely. that aren't going to get salmonella or anything. Um, all right. Next question. Completely other side of the spectrum. You have one food and one food only. 
purely on taste alone, like remove the health benefits aside, what's, what's that delicious food that you love? Oh, that is easy for me. A nice greasy cheeseburger with grilled onions <laughs> with the bun, not without the bun, with the bun. We're getting real here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that classic American, right? Yeah. Yeah. Not Serbian, <laughs> just classic American. <laughs> um, all right. So is there like, what's your favorite burger joint in the, in the United States or around the world? Like where, what's, well, what's unfortunately some- it's not a chain, but there's one in the town I live in called Sandlot and it's, it's literally just a dive. Um, it's just <laughs> the best burger I've ever had. So, um, and there's not a chain that I'm obsessed with, really. There's just, yeah. I like little places, like little dives here and there. Got it. And this is in the Midwest, right? In yeah. Outside Illinois. of Chicago. Yep. Right. Got right it. outside of Chicago. It's called Sandlot. Shout out to Sandlot in Park Ridge, <laughs> Illinois. <laughs> we'll put the links to all the things we're talking about, even Sandlot in the, in the, in the show notes. Um, all right. Next question. Two supplements that have been the biggest game changers for you personally. Um, okay. So for sure our probiotic, and I know it sounds so self-serving, but it's literally the foundation of health. I mean, anything that you do, I have seen this with how it's supported my immune system. And I, I didn't even have digestive issues when we launched this company, but now I understand what it means to be regular. I thought I was regular. Now I understand what it means to be regular. So our spore-based probiotic has been a game changer. Um, and then I would say, um, Vitamin D, I think is, you know, I, I live in Chicago. I don't get a lot of sun. Um, now I try, I work out outside even in the cold winters, but you're still not getting that vitamin D like you want. So I'd probably say vitamin D. Got it. And I, I, you highlighted a good point there of just because something's common doesn't necessarily mean it's normal. And many people think, okay, I, I don't have any extreme digestive symptoms. You know, I don't have any, you know, Crohn's or ulcerative colitis. I don't have I, f- massive IBS flare-ups. But you mentioned like, I didn't, I didn't even know what regular was. And many people will go a day or two without having a bowel movement or they, when they do go, it's not really complete. And there's a lot of sluggish GI motility going on and people just think it's normal or they have chronic looser stools every day and it's not formed and anything that's normal just because it's their everyday. Really good point. So what is normal? I mean, um, on the Bristol chart, what, what do you recommend? Yeah. I mean, I would say, you know, twice a day, probably two, two to three times a day, but you know, twice a day, I think you're pretty good. Yeah. I always say, yeah, I was going to say one to two snakes a day, as far as the formation is concerned. Yeah. People it's, it's not the snakes. It's like rocks or it's, it's pudding. (laughs) Yes, exactly. It's not normal, even if it's your everyday. Yeah. And I think even the, how you feel, you know, like you just feel so like cleaned out, you know, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. I talk about bowel movements all day, every day, so I shouldn't be embarrassed. No, no, no. This is normal for, this is very normal for me. And we should normalize it for everybody where it's not normalized. Um, This is our health. This is our our immune system, hormones, brain, all these things really are influenced. So, all right. Uh, Next question. What is a spiritual or a mindfulness practice that's really helped you the most? So doing daily affirmations has been huge. Um, I have daily affirmations that I say every day. Um, obviously if they were daily, I would say them every day. So my, um, my dad actually taught me this years ago. He would, um, write down different things and send them to me or give them to me when I was younger. And, um, so I just, every day I get in a mindful practice and I say affirmations. That's great. Any, what's, 
Can you give us a sneak peek? Like what are some affirmations that are yeah. special to you? Well, they're all different, uh, different categories of my life. So I have one that's uh, a personal one. That's like, you know, um, I'm healthy. I'm calm. I feel great. Um, I, I, I get very excited and hyper and I'm, I've got a lot, I'm high energy. And so I'm always like, I have to remind myself that I'm calm too. So, and then another one is a business one, just serving our customers and serving, you know, I have a whole, whole it all written out. A lot of them I actually read because, and then I'm, I'm going through something um, right now and I'm like, oh, I just want to make, I say something to just know that that outcome is coming and, or it's already happened. I have a feeling like it's already happened. Love that. All right. Next question. What is the weirdest wellness thing that you've done that you're willing to admit on a podcast? Admit, oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, the weirdest wellness thing that I've done. I'm not a risk taker. So that's why I don't even know if I've done anything. Really that's okay. Weird. Maybe it's nothing, but yeah, like I, I, I always do my research and make sure that it's, you know, it's safe to do. And um, now if I talk about some of the things my husband has done, that's a whole different, but I can't even think of that either, but he tries anything, you know, so. He's not here to defend himself. No, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, I'm kind of the same way. When someone turned it around on me as a guest, they said, well, what's your weirdest thing? I'm like, I don't actually think I've done anything that weird. Yeah, um, so <laughs> I know. We're pretty, I, I do the same thing. I'm researching, I'm looking at like, what's the, what's the science say? And is, is it, is it safe and effective? Yeah. Um, so I'm pretty uh, vanilla when it comes to that, but it is subjective because I'll say that like there are some, probably some things that people are like, what the heck, but it's nothing too out there. Nothing well, yeah, I there. think a lot of my friends anyway, think I'm weird because I, you know, eat clean and I, you know, yeah. do all, and I have all these supplements that I take and all that. So I guess you're right. It's very relative. Um, Based on exactly. That's a great point. I mean, when you're around, I'm in my health bubble a lot of times with I my team and my, I'm in the clinic 11 hours a day. But when I do I hear people talk about it and they think it's some radical thing to eat real foods, <laughs> that yeah. to them is, is a lot. I'm like, yeah. It's so alternative to eat real yeah. food. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. What's your favorite way to exercise? Walking. I, uh, I fast walk or, and I'll, I'll listen to one song, um, walking and one song jogging, one song running, one song. I, I know I should lift weights more and I'm, I'm back at it, but walking is just such a mental release for me. And I love it. I talked years ago to Harley Pasternak, who's a, um, a trainer in, in Los Angeles. And he was really sharing with me the science around walking and I, I've been a, a believer in walking really ever since talking to him. Obviously, I always knew generally it was a good thing, but you know, it's such a low wear and tear on the body and so effective, something people can stick with and people just have to be consistent with it. It's really a great thing. Yeah. I love it. That, yeah, any, how long are we walking? What's, what's, what's four your, miles, your four miles, four miles, almost wow. every, I mean, it's literally like almost, it's my drug of choice, you know, especially when I'm stressed out, I just, get up and go. I mean, it's not even, so I, I don't even know if I feel like it's exercise. I, I just do it because it just makes me feel good. And it just, which I guess is what exercise does. Yeah. So I go about four miles. Got it. Even in the cold Chicago winters. Even in the cold Chicago, I mean, it was six degrees that yesterday, I think I went out. I mean, and I just dress warm. I've just decided I was at a, the White Sox world series game once it was freezing cold. Um, I was, it was rainy and damp and I, I dressed really warm and I was fine. And I'm like, if I could sit here and watch a baseball game, I could mm -hmm. certainly go out and walk. This was a while ago. I think 
they won the World Series in 2005. And so, um, you know, so back, that's when I decided I'm walking in the winter. And so ever since then, I've been uh, walking in the winter. I think that's a great point. And, you know, I was talking to my wife about this and she said, there's no such thing as too cold. It's just inappropriate clothing. It's like, (laughs) Smart I think woman. that's a great, is smart woman for sure. I mean, I was like, you're right. So we're talking about the kids and our kids are homeschooled and we're, we're talking about things outside. I'm like, you're absolutely right. It's just, we need to get out and live our lives and not live inside throughout the whole winter. Cause I, you know, I'm in Pittsburgh too, which is not the, the right. warmest. Not I think Chicago much. has this beat, but it, we're not that far behind you. Right, right. That's great. I love it. Yeah. Get those kids outside. <laughs> that's right. That's also good for your gut microbiome. You know, being out in nature, being with nature is so, I mean, it's proven in science that it's absolutely really great for your gut. Absolutely. The things we're exposed to, the microbes of nature really influences our own microbiome. Absolutely. Um, what's a, f- a free or a low cost thing that you feel like doesn't get enough airtime? That's something that could be positive for your health. Free or, um, I mean, it it's not free, but I mean, vitamin D is a perfect example of just a yeah. low cost thing we could be doing for our health. Everyone should, you know, I don't know. I, I mean, most people are deficient in it. Check your yeah. vitamin D levels and just take a whole bunch of it. It's so low cost. It's a no brainer. Yep. I, I, great, great tip. Uh, I would like it like on labs. I like it around 60 to 80, even 60 to hundred for some people, most people, even if they're living in a sunny climate and they're outside their levels are not high enough and it modulates so many things. Our mood being one of them, the brain is rich with vitamin D receptor sites. So many people that have that sort of feel down, feel depressed, sluggish, fatigued, vitamin D deficiency can be a piece of the puzzle um, for yeah. sure. All right. Next question. What's a, if you only could use one skincare product for the rest of your life, what would that product be? Oh boy. Um, I can't give two. <laughs> Yeah, give two, but okay, people okay. want to know it. Okay, so because I use um, Anne Marie Skincare, their um, anti aging face oil and their serum and their oil. I, I like, love their products; they are so clean. Um, and then I use Alatura at night, so um, I love Alatura's night cream. So yes, me too. So clean, so good. Oh, really? You use Alatura? I love Alatura. Andy's a friend of mine, and. The okay. night cream is like, there's nothing like it. I've never seen anything like it. It's really like I, a multivitamin for your skin. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I love it. Yeah. And it's really healing. Like if, if anything, even like cuts or anything on your face, breakouts, it's just like this balm almost that just restores things. Yeah, I go through it way too quickly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We need a bigger bottle, Andy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, well, next question. And- I, I, you mentioned Wayne Dyer. So we all got that book and we'll put the link in the show note. But what is a book that you've read in the last year that's been, that's maybe shifted your paradigm on how you saw the world or got you thinking in a, in a fresh new way? Yeah. Oh, that's easy. Um, I just finished reading the book Influence. Have you heard of that book? I haven't. Oh, no. Oh my God. It is crazy, especially when you see what's going on um, in the world. But um, it's, I can't ever pronounce his last name. It's like Chiadani or something, but it's called Influence. And he, I, it was highly recommended to me by several people, but it just shows you the way the world is influenced, where, how we can be influential to other people and how uh, it, it's, it's really great. It's, it's not an easy read. It's kind of a harder read, but really, I would highly recommend it. I love it. All right. I'll, I'll give one more question if you don't mind. What's <laughs> just uh, starting the conversation and ending the conversation, I think with 
family and our ancestors and life lessons. What is one of, let's just do the best. What's the best piece of advice that you can think of that you've received in your life? Hmm. Wow. I'd have to say this comes from my dad who is always really positive and just, and I know that word positive is so overused, but it's just, just coming to, you know, every day um, with, you know, that you have the choice of how to come to your life every day. Um, we have a lot of bad could be going on around you, but you have the choice how to show up every day. Um, and he's really taught me that to walk into every situation, no matter what, and just be, you know, positive and look at things in a different lens. And it's in, that's how you control what happens is the way that you mm -hmm. walk into every day. Yeah. Your perception with, yep. with the, in, in your relationship with the present moment, great advice. Um, all right, my friend, what, how can people learn more about all the exciting things you have going on and just thrive? Like what, where do people go? Yeah. Um, just go to justthrivehealth.com um, and check out our website and our new product. Like we said, Just Calm is so exciting. Um, I, I think it's going to be a game changer for people just like the probiotic has been. Um, so um, so justthrivehealth.com is the place to go. Thank you. Come back anytime. It's great to catch up. Oh, great to catch up with you. I did want to mention too, we have a coupon code for your listeners too. Let, oh, don't yeah. let's, let's go there. What, what is it? Okay. It's Will Cole. So for just Will Cole, 15% off. So Will Cole, all one word. Yep. At, for 15% off. And they just go to justthrivehealth.com. Yep. Great. Yep. Get, easy peasy. Get your mood, your mood food for your gut right now. <laughs> just Calm. Such a great product. Thank you, my friend. We'll talk soon. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Thanks again for listening to The Art of Being Well. If you have a chance, please rate and review the podcast here. And if you like what you're hearing, hit follow and pass it along to a friend. To see more, head to drwillcole.com slash podcast. I'll be back again next Thursday, and I hope you will too. Talk soon. <laughs>